Hey everyone, I want to take a moment to let you guys know of some traveling that I'm doing and I would love to meet up with everyone and see everyone. In Chattanooga, I'm going to be here this coming November 3rd and 4th. I believe that's the Saturday and Friday. I will be there for Blackout Fest. I would love for everyone to come, hang out, and I would love to climb with you, see you. I'm also going to be back in Chattanooga December 13th through the 16th for the Indoor Climbing Expo. If you haven't got your ticket already, use the code MARIO20 and get $20 off your ticket for the Indoor Climbing Expo. Come see me, come say hello, listen to my chat, listen to my round table, and just come and holla at your boy. I just wanted to drop that info, and there's also a little bit of information coming on at the very end. Stay for the Easter egg. Welcome to Sends and Suffers Podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley. If you haven't already, please follow, like, and subscribe to Sends and Suffers Podcast. Every bit counts, and we would love to hear from you. So take a moment to leave a comment. These go a long way and help others know what they're getting into and how good this show is. If this is one of your favorite podcasts, consider becoming a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you are investing in Sense and Suffers podcast, and it's like buying your boy a taco, hanging out, and getting to know the good good that is coming your way. Monthly recaps, early show releases, and all the other cool things that we do. Thank you so much for listening to Sense and Suffers podcast. The official sponsor of Sense and Suffers podcast is Organic Climbing. Go to their website, use Sense and Suffers to get a discount on chalk bags, chalk buckets everything they have on their website. And I will tell you right now, one of the reasons why I love organic is tried and true. Let me tell you, when I am falling from the heavens above on my highball boulder, I trust nothing with my ankles but an organic crash pad. Y'all know I love these things. I ain't gonna trust these things on nobody else. All right, I'm out of here before I go crazy. But holla at your boys because... They help this podcast, and yeah, we just trying to make sure it goes around, comes around. All right. Today, my guest is Alex, one of the owners of Ascension Climbing Gym and an OG climber in the Pittsburgh area. We talk about building, we talk about the history of Pittsburgh climbing, the gyms, and really just the rise of why Pittsburgh is this monster of climbing culture, and it was the perfect place for the CWA to host their last conference. Enjoy the episode with Alex. Uh, we are set. Alex, how are you today? I'm doing all right. I probably should have gone to bed a little earlier last night, but I, I think we all should have <laughs> like, uh, by my third glass of, um, inexpensive wine, I can tell by the hang wine over in the morning. I was like, I thinking I woke up this morning. I was like, this is what I get for drinking cheap wine. Next time, bring your own. We all make mistakes. I mean, I had fun last night. Oh, I got no. to meet you. So, you it, know, it's a win. Yeah. No, it, last night was definitely a win-win. It was a great time. Um, so, Alex, um, thank one first and foremost, thanks for being my guest on my show. 
thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm happy you're here. Uh, who are you? Where are you from? And I, why are you here at CWA? So I'm, we're in Pittsburgh right now, right? This yep. is the, the first time the Climbing Wall Association Summit has left the, the mountains of the West. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Pittsburgher and I own uh, with a couple of partners and operate two climbing gyms here in Pittsburgh. Um, so, you know, a dream I had 13 years ago, uh, and we opened our first location in 2017, has now come in 2023 to this interesting confluence, both like literally a stone's throw from where three rivers actually meet. So like the confluence of three rivers, but you know, my professional life and my personal life, this isn't like the, you know, the, the total culmination for forever, but you know, this massive event that is my industry is like in my hometown and it's pretty wild. That's pretty awesome. I didn't really think about like the culmination of all of that. Like literally the epicenter of all things rock climbing in a commercial sense is here. Is literally in your backyard or yeah. no, actually in your front yard. Yeah. It's both, you know, exciting and scary that, you know, we're, we're getting judged by the entire climbing industry. Oh, okay. Um, Why do you the, feel like that? I mean, you know, every climbing gym you walk into, you, yeah. ju- you judge it. Yeah. You, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. And, you know, everybody who has built, you know, awesome climbing gyms around the world and probably more so just in the U.S. here, um, they're coming through our doors this week. We're throwing a party on Friday that I hope, you know, everybody attends and says, awesome job, guys. I think, yeah, I've heard about this actually. Yeah, because there's one one at a, is it a competing gym tonight? Is that yours? Yep. Ironworks. Iron City Boulders. Iron City Boulders. And then you guys is tomorrow night and you guys basically wrap up the event so That's you're yeah, yeah you're the closing party yeah big no pressure yeah none 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 <laughs> whatsoever so um tell me you know so i've asked a little bit around about like what's outdoor rock climbing and what's available here and you know everyone's basically says well if you want to rock climb you just go to the new because it's so close but like there has to be a little bit of local rock climbing or the reason why I ask is like, is there a little bit of something a little closer? If not, like how did the gyms really come to be? Like what, like has there always been a strong climbing community here? Like how did this come to be? How did this happen? You know? uh, So I would say, I think it was 1991 or 1992. The one of the first commercial climbing gyms in the U S was in Pittsburgh. It was called the climbing wall. And I don't really know their origin story mm-hmm. um, in terms of what got them into it, but there are a lot of Pittsburghers who have been longtime climbers that, you know, climbed with Chenard in Yosemite back in the day. Um, I don't know how they, how that happened, but um, it created an interesting climbing community here. And I think, you know, the new is certainly a place that is really easily accessible for us, but there are also, you know, some that are like legit sanctioned places that you can climb in Southwestern Pennsylvania. Some that are, you know, kind of on somebody's private property somewhere that they don't, they don't know they have this beautiful cliff um, that people can go to and, you know, it might only be 30 feet tall, but it's, it's, still, it's something. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, just like there are climbing gyms in Florida and there are certainly no mountains in Florida, like, yes. you know, people experience it somewhere and they wanted to do it here um, in a really cool arc though. There's a nonprofit in uh, Southwestern Pennsylvania called the Southwestern Pennsylvania Climbers Coalition that one of my partners was one of the founding members of and SWPAC, as we lovingly call it, because otherwise it's a mouthful, um, 
And that sounds like so back, like a noise you'd make while climbing, you know, making or it. Or watch reading a comic <laughs> magazine and something that Batman has makes a sound when he slaps someone. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I'm into that. They're working on it. We've called it climb Pittsburgh, but uh-huh. basically like this city has, you know, 400 plus bridges. Right. And a lot of those bridges have these beautiful sandstone block piers and there's big sandstone retaining walls on the sides of roads in town. And they've started bolting some of these urban structures and Oh, let me rock climb. Yeah. So, uh, it's a really cool initiative. Uh, the city has been very generous lately, like letting us actually do, you know, work with the access fund and, work on, um, you know, places to stand actually at the base of some of these retaining walls so that we're not just, you know, standing in poison ivy and okay. kind of, you know, uh, they've given us a pretty good nod on this. I don't, you know, I really don't know the ins and outs of it, but, but that's still cool. That's like, it's not for a city that doesn't have rock climbing in it right away for them to embrace it. It seems like from what you're saying, like the city of Pittsburgh in general is like very forward thinking, very forward moving. Uh, in the grand scheme of things. Cause like in Texas, they would, I mean, they would beat up in arms like that. Like, unless like, what do you mean? You don't want to hit a baseball or throw a football. And it's kind of like, well, I mean, there's other things to do. And I think it's really cool that that's a cool thing. So is it already established? Can someone just like go and do this now? Some of it. Yeah. There's Uh a, you know, we can't exactly see it through these windows, but there's this beautiful hillside that you can kind of take a glimpse of right there. Okay one of the main roads that cuts across there has these big sandstone retaining walls and you can top rope on these walls today if you wanted to and like look at the river and look at downtown. Are they sport climbable or only top ropeable? I think they're only top ropeable. (sighs) Honestly, I haven't been there in two years. Uh, I had a baby last year. Congratulations. Thank you. Life got a little complicated. (laughs) Uh, Well, when you bring someone into the world, your whole perspective changes. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, Pittsburgh has been very forward thinking and I've been doing, I've had a lot of conversations lately with other groups. Like there's a, there's a group whose mission is to revitalize the riverfronts. So Pittsburgh is like a city on the water, but the railroads own the land essentially between the river and like anything habitable because they had to move, you know, coal and whatever Mm -hmm. around. That makes sense. Um, And a a lot of this is like getting reclaimed. And so we're able to activate the riverfront more and create trails for people. And a lot of these trails go right past these, these bridge piers. And so I get to sit here and say to somebody who says like, Hey, we're going to get more people walking and biking on these trails. And I was like, we can get people climbing right next to the people who are walking and biking and activate these dark spaces underneath these bridges in like a brand new light and their minds are blown that there's yet another way to you know activate these urban structures it's pretty cool i i'm not gonna lie like i already wanted to come back and visit pittsburgh for some other reasons and mainly just to like rock climbing your gyms and devour your food and not become like 400 pounds (laughs) um but now i think this is even i'm this is cool this is by far one of the coolest things i've seen as a city initiative i'm sure it happens one or two other places in the country but never it seems like it's happening on this massive of a scale which pittsburgh being the city that it is i mean you guys are made out of just like iron and giant structures all over it like it's like from a photography standpoint of view and an architectural standpoint of view, like just walking around the city at night and during the early mornings, taking photos has been yeah. amazing. So many it's, different materials. And- oh, it's gorgeous. And the masonry work is gorgeous, but just to see now that like you're having that be a part of it, 
And so I'm assuming the climbing community obviously is embracing this. So there's, are there just local, local route developers that are a part of this process or are they the route setters exactly. that are in the gym that are taking? It's a, it's definitely a mix. Okay. Um, the, this nonprofit who is comprised of, you know, some of the, the most, uh, inspired and committed outdoor climbers in Southwestern Pennsylvania. They're the ones that want to create this access, right. And ensure okay. it, um, you know, they're, they're people who know what they're doing. They, they want to share this. Um, you know, one of the guys, this guy, Mike Varlata, who's, um, you know, a longtime climber friend. Okay. I think this guy has like legitimately introduced half of Pittsburgh to climbing. Like he's such a giving and inspiring person. And he's one of the people who have, you know, developed these areas and he okay. just, he just wants to share climbing with people and he wants people to be able to walk from their house to this urban crag. Right. As opposed to, you know, getting in, you have to have a car to drive to the new, you got to have all this gear. Like this is, you know, this is access to climbing that people deserve. Yeah, no, I mean, this is like one of the coolest things in my mind is just exploding with all these ideas. Cause like, you know, everywhere else it's like, okay, how are we going to get kids? How are we going to get underprivileged communities? How are we going to get this? How are we going to get this people, old people, you know, young people, you know, green people, <laughs> how are we going to get them all to climbing? And it's like, well, why don't we just bring the climbing to them? Yeah. And I think that's just like this unique thing that you have. It sounds like you have so much here that like, I don't know if this exists anywhere else. The fact of the matter that you can just bring climbing to them and genuine climbing, genuine outdoor climbing, genuine things that still give you the same experience that you would have outdoors, traveling to the new, traveling to the red, you know, to Seneca rock or to wherever you want to go. Uh, and the fact of the matter, you can have that here in the city. Now I'm like, I, now I just like want to go urban climb everything that you have this bolted here. Like, I know you're leaving and you got to get back to Texas, but this is like a, a, a sort of a CWA summit event on Saturday is mm -hmm. this nonprofit is showing people around these urban crags. Um, so if you don't have to jet so early on Saturday, we'll, we'll definitely <laughs> talk a little bit more about this. Yeah. And, uh, when we get off mic, but I would like to turn the gears into uh, turn shift gears a little bit more to your climbing gyms. Sure. And like, like why did you in particularly, and you decided to get your friends together? Was it someone else? But like, why did you guys already decide to bring a gym here? Was there already existing climbing gyms here? Did you feel like they weren't meeting the need or there just needed to be more options. Like, like there's a million reasons why people open up a gym and I'd like to know you're a million and one. Yeah. Kind of all the things, right? Like, so this gym opened in 1991 and I started climbing in 2005, I want to say, um, you know, a friend of mine at this gym, the climbing wall mm -hmm. got a 10 punch pass from his grandparents for Christmas. And took a bunch of us and we all got hooked. You know, the, for anybody, honestly, like the first time you try climbing, yeah, it kind of sucks and yeah. your hands hurt and you probably, you know, messed up the skin on your hands, but you just want to do it again. Um, and so I just wanted to keep doing it and I kept doing it and I took a little bit of a break. Um, and my sister in the, the meanwhile had moved out to San Francisco. And so I got to visit some of the gyms out there and I just thought, why doesn't Pittsburgh have this? Right. Yeah. Like we should, you know, we should have big modern facilities with, you know, with more amenities than just bouldering. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so kind of came back with a dream and it took a long time to actually bring it to fruition, but really I just, you know, we knew this worked in other places. We knew there were climbers in Pittsburgh and, you know, I also just didn't really want to work for somebody else. Like I had this, um, not to go crazy off topic, no. but I was studying linguistics in Austria of all things. And, 
you know, one night I was talking to my roommate who was a, a pretty cerebral guy and the light bulb just went off for me of like, I want to do something tangible. Like I want people to come into my business and have a good time and smile and tell their friends and interact with it and not just like sit at a desk and get a paycheck kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And like, I'm lucky that we pulled this off and we've been able to live this dream um, you know, thanks to friends and family and a lot of supportive Pittsburghers who helped yeah. us open the first gym. Um, since then, you know, we're on our third gym now. We're working on a fourth later this year. Whoa. That might be it. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, you know, keep I'm, going. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Dallas just, has like nine or 10 gyms in within the DFW area and more are coming. So there's a lot. I mean, I don't, how know, many people do you think live in Pittsburgh? I mean, in this dense of a city, just looking around, I, would, I don't know. I'd say maybe close to 2 million. 300,000 people. What? That's the it? Po the population of like Metro Pittsburgh or like actual city of Pittsburgh is like 320, something That's like that. That's it? Yeah. It looks like there would be more people here. No, nah, just there's a lot of hills and it's complicated. <laughs> you, you don't see the horizon here. You see, you know, houses on that hillside and it's just, it's, it's a big city that um, isn't actually that big. Um, and so, you know, I appreciate, uh, the keep going mentality, but there is a point at which, uh, uh fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. I, you know, that brings the question is, is like, when is climbing oversaturated in a city? And like, we ask that question in Dallas all the time and it's like, you have more gyms come and everyone's like, oh, there's not going to have any business. And then these gyms are all sold out yeah. and like the, they're packed every week. Um, so, you know, this podcast is called sends and suffers and so what was the, I mean, I imagine the send is opening the gym. What was the biggest suffer? What was the biggest struggle or the hurdles you think is you and your team collectively had to work through and getting your gyms open? That's a really good question that I think has a lot of answers. Um, some of them are probably more on the personal side than the business side. They're really? like, you know, being an entrepreneur takes a lot of time and, yeah. um, you know, I think it has all worked out, but actually having a baby last year and having to slow down and, you know, really participate in that because like, oh, this, we made an active choice to bring a kid <laughs> to the world. It, it really showed to me like how much I kind of took my, my wife for granted uh -huh. early on in the, the project where if I needed to work on a Saturday, I just worked on a Saturday. And that was, you know, in a lot of ways, like disrespectful to her time. And, you know, I probably wasn't the best partner I could have been in that relationship. Um, so I think like, you know, it's hard work and it requires a lot of time and attention, no matter how big your team is, like you gotta, you gotta keep your eye on it. Um, so, you know, definitely on the personal side, like I'm, I'm tired, I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm having, I'm having a good time, but like, you know, at some point I want to, I, I want to really send it and, you know, get to, you know, reap the benefits of, you know, all this time and effort. Um, you know, I think for our team, you know, it's been a pretty good run. Um, mm -hmm. we, you know, the pandemic is like a thing we could certainly talk about, but everybody kind of suffered through that. Yeah. I mean, some survived, some didn't. Yeah. I mean, just like everybody, literally like every, oh, yeah. uh, you know, human American, uh, you name it. Yeah. Had to, something didn't go right in the last few years. Yeah. And it was definitely tough for us, um, as a business that, you know, got shut down for three months and, you know, then, you know, people don't want to be in indoor spaces, uh, close to other people. Yeah, that's uh, fair. This city is so tightly compact. I can only imagine 
during that process, it was just, people were just going Looney Tune. Like Dallas, Texas, like even though it's a big city, there's it's still a little spread out, but like, I mean, that's one of the things I love about being here. This is so walkable. Like I parked my car and I just have, now that I got everything set up, I was like, I haven't moved it in like two days. And I'm like, I have no intention to move it whatsoever if I don't have to. Yeah. And you've only explored a fraction of what Pittsburgh has to offer probably yeah. at this point. Oh, yeah, barely, <laughs> barely anything. I mean, anything I can walk within an hour radius is all I've ever seen yeah. so far. And I'm, I know there's so much more to this area. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I'm from here originally, so I'm obviously biased, but I think Pittsburgh, you know, is really one of the, the best cities in the world. Um, could our public transit be better? Uh, hell yeah. Could, that's that's <laughs> could a the, quintessential problem across America. Could the air quality uh, see some, uh, you know, <laughs> some upgrades? Certainly. Um, but, you know, this is a town of uh, really friendly people. These neighborhoods that all have individual character and, you know, every neighborhood has a main street that, um, you know, has its own vibe. Um, it's just, an, it's a neat place. And that, you know, one of the reasons why we opened up a second gym in Pittsburgh was to honestly give access to the other side of Pittsburgh that had to drive, oh. you know, a pretty far distance or take two buses to, you know, to get to a, a big commercial facility. Okay. Um, and some of those neighborhoods are definitely underserved in lots of other ways, not just with, you know, a lack of climbing. Um, but you know, we just, uh, we wanted to, we wanted to make it easier for people. Um, obviously there's a business opportunity there too. But. Truth. But I mean, the nature of climbing is once again, like making it accessible allows it. I mean, yes, we are, I mean, we're, this is a business. We're all here to make money. We're all here to like pay our bills. But I think ultimately, I don't know, I believe everybody in this room and here for CWA, um, even though that is definitely what we have to do, we're also all doing that under the pretense or the consent or, or the notion of like, how do I just get people to see if they like this or not? Yeah. And it's like, you know, cause you're either going to love it or you hate it. Like that's how I've like, I've introduced people to rock climbing. They either love it or they hate it. And even if they hate it, they still probably try it again once yeah. or twice. And then they figure out that they don't want to do it or they do want to do it. But I, you know, I think it is important, as you said, like just making it accessible is, is a big key thing. And I can imagine like, the same thing, even in a city that's so walkable, transportation or getting places is still a massive hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always, people always say like, how, you know, how long, how, how far is this thing? And Pittsburghers always do distance in minutes. Like everybody's just like, oh, 30 minutes. Um, everything in Pittsburgh is like 30 minutes, honestly, no matter how close it is on the map, like the roads are narrow. You, you know, there's seven way intersections, like things are complicated. It's not a grid. This is, this isn't Dallas. No, um, no. And so like, it really is, um, you know, we're, we're sitting in downtown, right? Mm -hmm. The way the bus system works in the area is that they all just go into the center of town and then go back out. So if you're looking at a, a circle and you want to go from, you know, one edge to the other and, you know, it looks like you could draw a little quick straight line on, you know, on the perimeter, you got to go downtown, you got to transfer, you got to go to this other, you know, go back out. It's complicated. Oh. And so it's, you know, it's never straightforward. And I think, you know, Uber, Lyft, scooters, all of these things are like good additions to the fabric of transportation because it makes it more convenient for people. And like, you can, you know, you don't have to depend on an hour long bus ride or something like that. 
not that I don't want you to think I'm like a public transit no, aficionado. No, no, or, no, uh, no. <laughs> I'm a big fan of public transportation, and I, but I also understand as a person who's grown up using it a lot of his life, like it's not perfect. I'm happy yeah. it exists. Like I like don't take it away. Yeah. Like you know, it's like it might not be something that I use all the time. It's like my bathroom. Like I don't use my <laughs> toilet all the time, but I'd be pissed if you took it away. Yeah. So I need it there but I definitely understand it could use some improvements, but on top of that, but besides all that, like is our now actually speaking of public transit, are all your facilities near public transit or is public transit well organized enough where if someone listening to this is like, oh, okay, I want to go try this gym. And what is the name of the gym again? Ascend. Ascend. So if they want to go to an Ascend location, is it, are they all pretty easy to get to? Relatively. Public? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I think like traffic is your biggest, uh, oh, you know, the biggest thing. Ever. Everybody wants to come at 5 PM, but that's also when everybody's commuting home. So yeah, that makes a rough, that makes a rough <laughs> go at it. So I guess for your personal story, like, you know, you started climbing, your friend brought, gave you a tinge punt pass, you know, and are you still climbing a lot now? Is this still something or you've, since you've switched into ownership mode, is it like less or more? I mean, I mean, you're an owner of a gym, your dad, yeah, husband and, you know, a rock climber. And so like, how is the balance between all of those things going right now? Poor, poorly, okay. um, <laughs> that, you know, on the side, on the suffer side, you know, my climbing has suffered. Um, you know, not only am I, you know, when I go to the gym to climb, like somebody will ask me a question or, you know, it's, it's a different experience for me with like employees and customers and everybody who would normally you know, just be doing their thing with mm -hmm. uh, a member. Um, there's a lot of attention, I suppose, uh, you know, on, uh, you know, on someone like me in the facility. So like, you know, a, a chill session doesn't happen very often. Um, and, you know, with life just being busy, like we used to climb outside a lot. We had way more time to go away on the weekends and go to the new and go to the red and go to the gunks. Um, that just doesn't happen that much anymore, unfortunately. Um, my wife is a climber, so that is super helpful to this equation. Uh, but uh, we have a 15 month old who is not a climber yet. Uh, she climbs, you know, not rocks. She climbs lots of other things, but She'll get um, there. yeah, we need to, you know, she needs to uh, grow up a little bit before we can start, you know, really doing the things that we, you know, we're doing pre her um, yeah. as a, as a new, you know, three person uh, unit. So, but yeah, that's, it is the, the irony is never lost on me that like I got really hooked on climbing. I wanted to share it with other people and in doing so I've like subtracted it from my life a little bit. <laughs> um, and like the benefits I always tout to people of like, it makes you feel good. You know, you get physically fit. It's good for, you know, your mental health. Like sometimes I don't even get to benefit from those things, which is a, a real bummer. Yeah. And I, it definitely sucks. I also think it's just one of those things like, I heard this from uh, a man in Israel one time he had opened the first climbing gym in Israel and, you know, and he said, he, you know, it's a very hard truth. He was like, someone or everyone has to step back from climbing a little bit in order to make it more accessible for everyone. He's yeah. like, you don't, he's like, you know, it's not that I never get to climb. It's not that I won't ever start climbing again, but I do understand my role in all of this. And I do understand it. Like it's my job to make this accessible. And the only way that's going to happen is if, you know, if I'm just not doing it as much, you know, For sure. making it accessible. Um, I mean, we're humans, right? So I'm yeah. gonna, I got to complain about something, but you know, <laughs> I stand by my choice to, you know, do what I did and, 
you know, I just hope, uh, you know, the scales can balance out a little bit better, uh, in the not too distant future for me. So what are you hoping to take away from CWA in your time here? And also what are you hoping that CD CWA can gain and give to your community? Um, I mean, the summit for me is a lot of, you know, there are educational sessions that definitely have value. And if I learn, if I take one thing away from one educational session, I feel, you know, really justified in, in being here. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of this though, is hanging out with my industry peers and maintaining relationships with vendors that we, you know, that we have to talk to regularly and that we, you know, they really are our partners in all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and chatting with my industry pals is, you know, often more beneficial than, you know, one of the educational sessions on a topic that is, you know, not exactly tailored to what, you know, what I'm dealing with or what yeah. I need help with. Um, so I really appreciate this, like this coming together of everybody in the industry. And when you get to, you know, see people you talk to regularly, obviously meet new people and create new relationships. Like, um, it's just, a, it's also a cool reminder of, um, I don't know, like, you know, I sit in front of my computer most days for my job at a climbing gym and, you know, it's on this occasion that I get to like, you know, celebrate a little bit and, um, you know, talk, talk shop, but like, you know, congratulate each other. Yeah. I, it's just like, it's good to be around, you know, similar people. Um, and you know, the CWA has been, you know, the CWA has been pretty helpful like over time, just with educational materials and policies and procedures and sort of helping us, you know, we, we have a gym in Ohio and like the CWA before we opened this gym, you know, really helped the Ohio legislature, like, you know, create good written oh. codified law related to climbing gyms and operations. And I did not know that. Um, so, you know, they, they're, they're kind of our lobbying arm in a lot of ways too. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't really have a specific ask for the CWA when it comes to our community, but, um, you know, I just, I want, I want to bring climbing to more and more people. And I think Americans, you know, anybody deserves climbing yeah. and if the CWA can help us do that through, um, you know, the right vendor partnerships. And I'm not saying like discounts and things like that, but you know, there are other creative ways to do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm glad they're here. It's weird that it's in my hometown right now. Um, but, um, it is cool to, you know, show this place off and, um, yeah, get to meet you. Yeah. Well, I'm excited that you came out and allowed me to chat with you for a little bit. Yeah. I know you've got some classes and some photos and things and, we're just cooking and moving here. I would love to, when I come back in the town, not for when the CWA is here, obviously to sit down and have a little bit longer form conversation with you and Anytime. chat and climb in your gyms. Um, if people want to find you in your gyms online and support you guys or come and visit, how can they do that? Um, Ascend climbing gym is, you know, the, usually our like Instagram, Twitter handle. I want to mm -hmm. say, I think that's it. Um, you know, uh, again, I'm Alex Bernstein. I'm not, super findable. I think I have a private Instagram account. I'm Keep not really, uh, I'm a, I'm a consumer, not a producer. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. but you know, come to Pittsburgh, check us out. Um, I think we, you know, I do think we do a pretty awesome job for the community. And then, uh, is there anybody you want to give a shout out to a thanks to say hello to? Um, I would be a little, of course I mentioned my wife, uh, you know, being very supportive in all of this. Um, 
she is very excited that I'm sitting here talking with you because we are currently watching the climb on, uh, on, <laughs> on Max. I believe they call it these yeah, days, or just yeah. HBO. I don't even know whatever what they it is. It. HBO. It's all the same. Like, um, but my mother Ellie, who is she was the first person that I was like, Hey, let's sit down and write a business plan to, you know, open a climbing gym. She's literally member number zero, zero one in the system. Oh, and wow. she's, um, you know, she was a catalyst for a lot of this. So that's awesome. Quick shout out to mom. Of course, mom save the world. <laughs> I'd be honest with you. Moms are like, I was literally talking to my mother on the way here. She's giving me all these ideas. And my mom is basically definitely my mother and my father both have a good relationship with them both. But my mom is always the one where I'm like, mom, I need to know if this is stupid. And then she was like, it's dumb, but you'll probably pull it off. Cause you're the only one I know who can pull off some dumb stuff. But I'm like, thanks mom. Yeah. You gotta get the, it's the like support sandwich of like, I love you and you're amazing at everything you do. Are you sure you really want to do this? But yeah. you'll probably do it pretty well. Yeah. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> like ultimate, your parent wisdom is coming in strong. I, I can so. see yeah. it. Well, thank you so much for your time and yeah. I appreciate you. And I look forward to chat with you some more. Yeah. Likewise. Friends and enemies, lovers and haters, I hope you enjoyed the episode with Alex. It was great to reminisce about my time at the CWA, which is an amazing thing. Friends and it. Friends and enemies, lovers and haters, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Alex. It was awesome to reminisce about this time in CWA. It is an amazing event, and it's also happening in Oregon this year. So check it out. Now, the Easter egg. As some of you know, Genevieve Walker, Scott, Liz and Andy, and myself were in Malawi, Africa, mentoring a community that is growing and thriving and helping them to take ownership over climbing that has been established in their country for the last 40 years. We filmed the documentary, we bootstrapped it, we pulled it together. This is about that story, the struggles that it made to happen, the struggles that it was there, the triumphs, the joy, the love, and it is gonna be an amazing piece of art. We're gonna do our best. Now, if you wanna see an early cut, gotta join the Patreon. That's the only way you'll be able to see it. If you're interested in supporting the documentary, please reach out. We are definitely looking for places to show it. Climbing gyms, gear shops, you name it, your mom's backyard to your local climbing community. It will not be released to the general public right away. Other than that, that's all I got. Please remember to follow, like, subscribe, do all of those things, leave a comment. And remember, if you're not suffering, are you even sending it all? Don't not yo yo.